0: Hey everybody, this is Jody, and you're listening to the Bethel Sundridge podcast, Sermon of the Week. We are so glad to have you listening with us today. We pray that while you listen to this week's podcast, that it will strengthen your faith, bring hope to your situation, and a passion for God's presence in your life like you've never experienced before. Connect with us at Bethelsundridge.com or find us at Bethel Sundridge on all social media platforms. Enjoy this week's podcast. Ask you a question: How many have ever been fishing with kids before? How many survived fishing? Your hands are up, but how many ended up with any extra piercings? You know, and so, <laughs> so, so on this vacation, and this is what got me thinking about our message for this morning is. When on vacation, we were out fishing, I was out fishing with the boys and we were in a canoe. And so if you're in a small boat or a canoe fishing with kids, you are taking your life into your hands every time that you're out there. You're not 100% sure. And what is one of the most dangerous things that can happen or that you can let your kids do in a canoe when you're fishing with them? What is one of the most dangerous things? Even worse than standing up. I'd rather go swimming. Someone said it, casting. Because if you've never taught them how to cast, or if they're just learning how to cast, or if their pride is saying, I can outcast you, we know that in those moments, all of a sudden, if you don't know what casting is, they reel it back, or hopefully you teach them in the canoe to go sideways, not over the shoulder, but they reel it back, and usually there is a line that has a lot of hooks. And if they're fishing, like with my boys were this time, with a bunch of treble hooks, Every time it comes back, you are praying and saying, I didn't want any other piercings. And so in those moments, and so we were on this journey, and as the boys were casting after fish, I started to think of another word in the Bible that lined up with that, about casting. There's a scripture that actually Peter says, and he says that we're supposed to cast something. But I don't know about you, but I believe when we unpack this verse, it's almost as scary as being in a canoe with young guys learning to cast. Because just like that's scary when somebody wields it back to let it go and you're like, oh no, this could hurt. I believe this kind of casting can be really, really scary. And if I'm being transparent with you, it is something that I struggle with. It's something that I find really hard in my daily life. It's something I find hard in my personal life and I have since I was a young boy. It's something that I I struggle giving up to and actually giving to God, and so we're going to go on a journey. And if you're going to if you're okay with me, you want to find out what this difficult thing is. If you're taking notes this morning, the teller message this: casting your worries or casting our worries away, because God calls us to cast our worries away. How many have ever had a worry? If your hands aren't up, you're a liar. (laughs) We'll put it a different way. How many have ever had an anxious thought? How many have ever had a burden? Ever had a care? Then we're all together. And so this verse and this truth is for us. And it's hard. It's hard to let go of what Peter says. He says this in 1 Peter 5, 7, give or cast all your worries or your anxieties and cares to God. And why do we do it? For he cares about you. For he cares for us. So we've probably sang songs growing up, cast all your cares upon him for he cares for you. And this is what he is saying to us. And the hard part is that there's an underlying verse behind you and it says all. I have a hard time giving all of my cares or all of my burdens or all of my worries to God. I like to solve my own problems and a lot of times I think I'm best at solving my own problems. I figure I have the wisdom and the capabilities and the capacity to solve my problems, but there's certain things that I don't like to give away. I don't like to ask for help on certain things because I figure I've got it, and if I don't have it, then there must be something wrong with me. But he says, Peter says to us, give all of your worries, so your finances, your kids, your community, your school, or the new beginning of a new school year, getting ready to teach in another journey. All of those things, he's saying, give all of those worries, all of those concerns about your future and what is it going to look like, what's our country going to look like, give those to God because he cares for you. But it wasn't just Peter who said this. And in our second verse this morning that we're going to be looking at is Philippians 4, verse 6 through 7. And this is Paul writing. And Paul says this Don't worry about anything. Again, they're making it really hard. It didn't just say don't worry about the things that are easy. Don't just, you know, don't worry about the small things or as we would say now, don't sweat the small things. Paul is giving us a command and he says, "Don't worry about anything, but instead, instead of thinking about, instead of ruminating on, instead of worrying about it, instead pray about everything." Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So we've got these two commands from these two pillars of the early church. Peter and Paul, and they're telling us a truth, and they're actually not suggesting this. They're actually commanding us. And I believe words God is without error. I believe it inspired by the Holy Spirit. It is true. So there is a truth that we need to grab hold of here, that there is a command that he's telling us, don't worry. Cast your worries, cast your anxieties, cast the cares that you're carrying and give them to God. And if you do, there is a promise attached to it that you will not only find rest, but you will find supernatural peace that far exceeds your understanding, your expectations, and it will guard and protect your heart and your mind. And I don't know about you, but I could use my heart and my mind to be guarded, especially at night when I worry about all the things that I didn't get done or all the things that I'm worried are going to happen the next day. And there is a solution here in the Word of God for us, but I don't know about you, but it's really hard to do. So this morning we're going to look at three truths. First we're going to look at the problem. Cuz you always got to diagnose the problem and the problem is the first thing is many of us are tangled up in worry. If you've ever been out again, I was saying, I was with fishing with the boys and this is the dreaded thing you hear. Usually I hear it I won't say which son, but I usually hear it from the middle seat in my canoe and he leans back and he goes and he's like, "Dad, I got a problem." And in there, you don't know exactly, Corey. I'm like, oh no, what's the problem? Because you're thinking, did he catch his brother? Did he get something? Did he drop something outside of the canoe? But then he hands back the rod and he says, I think it's a little tangled. And if you've ever been fishing or you've had a bait caster that's backlashed or the wind, has been out in the wind and they've been casting, all of a sudden, sometimes it gets all tangled up. And the more you move it like this and the more you do like that, the more it becomes a bird's nest. And then they're like, can you get it out? And you're looking at it thinking, like, how am I going to get this untangled? I'm just trying to keep the boat square. I'm trying to keep us in the boat. And you start working at it. And the more you pull at it, the more it gets tangled up and the more frustrated you become. And usually our remedy, if you can't get it out in the first little bit, especially if you're in a canoe, is to do what? And I think many of us carry so much worry, so much stress, so much anxiety, so many anxious thoughts, so many heavy burdens, that many of us stop trying And instead say, I think it's just easier to cut it out. Some goes to the first furthest extreme, but other times it stops I stop worried about parenting. I stop worried about trying. I stop worried about investing and engaging in things in my community, in my family's life, in my workplace. It's too hard, I'm too overthought, I'm carrying too much of a burden, so I'm just not going to try because I can't do it anymore. Because we get so all tangled up and so consumed by the anxious thoughts, the worry, the fret, that it consumes us and it feels like we're drowning. Ever heard somebody say that to you? It just feels like I'm drowning. Why? Because they're filled with worry, they're filled with burden, they're filled with cares. We all have them, we all put our hands up. We all encounter this, and one time or another, we're going to encounter those feelings of, like, my life is all tangled up emotionally, spiritually, mentally. I don't know where to go. I don't know where to turn. Because if you think about your day, even just getting ready for two days from now when you go to school, and I know that's almost like a curse word to most of our students. But in those moments, there's a the thought is, what are my teachers going to be like? What's my class going to be like? Are the people going to make fun of me because I'm a Christian? Or are they not going to make fun of me because I'm a Christian? What should I wear? Is this what I should be wearing? Is this not what I should be wearing? Where am I going to go? How's it going to go? Am I going to get the bus? What am I going to have for lunch? Is my backpack going to be okay? Is this going to be in style? Is this not going to be in style? What am I going to do? Am I going to pass the class? Where am I going for university? Is there going to be a university? Are they still going to do that? Are we not going to have this? Are the teachers going to strike? Are they not going to want to strike? What is going to happen? What's our government going to do? And where is this going to go? And you're just running through the rampant, and that's just our students. Then the teacher. What classes am I going to have? Are they going to have a good administration? Is it going to go good? What's going to happen? Are they going to like my attire? Am I not going to be cool? Am I not going to be cool? Am I too cool? Am I not cool enough? Is this going to happen? Are they going to learn? Are they not going to learn? Are my students just not going to get anything out of today? And what is the staff room going to be like? (laughs) And we have all those fun comments because we laugh because it's true. And then you apply it to your life and if we're honest, Are my kids going to come back to Jesus? Are they going to make it? Are my grandkids going to love Jesus? None of my family is involved in church. None of my family actually reads the Bible. What's going to happen to their eternity? Are they going to make it? Are they not going to make it? I got this diagnosis. How are we going to do this? Where are we going to come? Where's my next paycheck going to come? Interest rates are rising. All these things are happening. Where is this going to come? We are all tangled up. And it affects us emotionally, spiritually, mentally, physically. It affects us in all these different ways. And we knew this would be the case. And that's why Peter and Paul, and we'll even see in a second, Jesus, and like we said in our last series, David, all of them had the same truth. Cast your cares and cast your worries, cast your anxieties on Him because He cares for you. He is the remedy. For a tangled up lifestyle. He is the solution. He is the one who promises you that if you will do this command, there is hope at the end of the tunnel. That you don't have to walk as worry is your second nature. Because if you would look up stats today, in our culture and our society today, worry and anxiety is like a second nature. We wake up and it then becomes, what am I going to do today? How is it going to go? Most of us don't wake up with praise and thanksgiving as their second nature. Most of us worry about what is today going to hold and what bad is going to happen. Our second nature is called to be in the nature of Christ, as we learn in Ephesians. He's given us a new nature. And so we have to realize some of these truths. So how do we do it? We see Psalm fifty-five, 22. I'm not going to read it, but you can read it on your own at home. But David says, cast your worries, cast your cares, because God will take care of you. We see Jesus, as we're going to focus in in a second, in Matthew 11, verse 28 to 30. He says, come to me all who are weary and heavy burdened, and he will do what? Give you Rest. Because his yoke is light. His yoke is easy. His burden for your life is easy. You can carry because he wants to carry that weight for you. And what Peter is saying is, do what he told you to do. I hung out with the guy. Cast your cares on him because he personally cares for you. So that is our problem. But what is our solution? And the solution is we need to cast. But casting is scary. Like I said in the canoe, casting is scary. You don't know what's going to happen. You wind it back and you just hope for the best. So the second truth we need to realize is why can we do that? We can cast our cares because he cares. So if you're taking us as a second truth, we can cast our cares because he cares. It's a truth. It's a promise. And what we need to realize is when he says that we need to cast our cares, as I said at the beginning, it's a command. It's not a suggestion. Ever realize there's a difference between the two? If you've ever been a student or a kid, there's a difference between, you know, you probably should put your name on it. If you don't put your name on it, you're going to fail. Or put your name on it. In our lives, there is a command. And this command is saying, I'm not suggesting that you cast your cares. I'm not just saying this would be better for your life. It isn't one of those moments where you actually have a choice. He's saying you are going to be tangled up. And the solution is, the command from the word of God is, cast your cares on him. Don't be anxious about anything. And I'm not saying do you absolve yourself from the worries of our world or the the dealings of our world. But what we're going to see is we realize what casting really means. A way of saying, I'm going to throw. Because if you unpack unpack that word, it would be like throwing a net or as we would do casting. You want to get as far away from your feet and you're throwing it to Jesus' feet. And he's saying, I want you to do this. My arms are here. My shoulders are big. You don't have to carry the weight that is bearing you down, that's making you feel like you're drowned. He's saying, take that weight. All the worries that were running rampantly like I listed off, throw them at Jesus. And he's willing to say, I've got them. I have them so you don't have to. Or I have them so that I'll do my part so that you can do your part. Because as we're going to see... We play a role, but we're not the top dog in the equation. Most of us, though, want to be the top in the equation. I will solve all of my problems. I can solve my own issues. But how well does that really work? It doesn't usually. So why can we cast our cares and why can we cast our worries? First and foremost, because he cares intimately about you. The God of all creation, the one who says let it be, and it continues to grow off of that statement, he cares about your situation. Everything that you're thinking about, everything that you're ruminating on, everything that you're walking through, everything that you're anxious about, everything that you're worrying about, all those things that were running through that fun little illustration, he cares intimately about that. So I've got students going back to school, I've got one going to high school. There's some things I'm worried about. Just being honest. There's some things that I'm like, ah, how's this going to go? There's a lot of different things happening. How's this going to play out? What should I be doing? What should I not be doing? How do I get engaged? How do I not get engaged? How do I invest? How do I not invest? And the fact is, I had to realize this truth because I told you I struggle with this. How can I solve the problem instead of saying, I'm going to trust you because you care about my daughter more than you care about than I do? Because God cares about your kids and my kids more than we even do. God cares about this church and the future of this church more than we even do. God cares about our community and our country and our province and our world more than we ever could. And somewhere there we have to realize, and it says in the verses leading up to what Peter said, we need to humble ourselves in the light of Christ. That says in verse 5 through 6 leading up to it. And what that means is that when we sit there and say, I'm the only one who can solve my problems. I'm the only one who can take care of it. I'm the only one who's going to make this right. I'm the only one who has the wisdom to solve this. And I know better than everybody else. And I'm going to solve it. That's false humility. You've turned yourself into God and forgot God in the equation. Humility means thinking appropriately and rightly about yourself and about God. And what we're seeing here is Peter is saying, in light of who Christ is, humble yourselves. You don't have all the answers. You don't have all the wisdom. You're persecuted. The early church was scattered and persecuted while Peter is writing this to. And we see this truth. And what he's saying is, all this stuff is going around. All this stuff's going around. But humble yourselves. You might not have the solution, but you know the one who does. Put him first because he is God. He is more than able and he cares about you. So in light of that, put him here. Trust his wisdom and then obey what he leads you to do. Throw all your worries, throw all the burdens, throw all the cares. Throw it upon him and then say, God, I trust you with all of that. I, now I will do my part. And the problem is most of us, if we're honest, we say, I'm going to do my part and then God, I'll just give you the scraps after. And then when it doesn't work, we get more stressed. I don't know about you but that's me I stay up all night thinking of how I'm gonna solve the solution but do I stay up all night fasting and praying huh but what did Paul say don't worry about anything but pray about everything humbling ourselves and casting our cares is saying instead of me spending countless hours trying to solve something that I don't even have my hands to Maybe I should spend some time praying and fasting, and that's not a waste of time. That's actually an investment of time that I'm going to invest in there and say, God, I trust you with this. I'm going to do my part once you tell me what to do. Instead of putting so much hours and so much heart and so much mind capacity, instead of doing mission, we're so consumed with the worries and anxieties of our day and what's going to happen and what's going to turn around. Guess what? You have no control, but God does. Some of the things that we worry about, if we're honest, we can't change. But if we give him to God and he gives us a plan and we obey his plan, then all of a sudden you're partnering with the one who is truly God. And that's what Peter was saying. Humble yourselves in the light of who Jesus Christ is. Let him be God and you're second. And then when we follow that suit, we can trust that God's got my ways, that his ways are higher. Proverbs 3, verse 5 to 7. Doesn't it seem like it agrees throughout scripture? That we would trust him, not trust ourselves first. Culture and society would say, trust yourself first. Don't trust anybody else. He's saying, trust me because I'm God. I'm all-powerful, all-knowing. I'm omni. Trust me first because I care about you, and I care about your situation, I care about your circumstance, and then get to acting, not the other way around. And we see that same truth played out when we see it in the life of Jesus, making sure that this points back to Jesus. Because what did Jesus say about this? And we well, are going to read it to you. Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 to 30, reading the first portion of it. It says, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Who gives the rest? Jesus. Who carries the burden? Jesus. How many times do we get so frustrated, we get so weary, because we're carrying a burden that we were never meant to? We play a role. Understand, I'm not saying to absolve ourselves from responsibility. So I'm using kids as an example. So we're called to raise them up in the ways of God. We're called to lead them. We're called to to give them an example. We're called to get them to church. We're called to pray with them. We're called to get them to teach them how to read the Bible, do those things. That is on us. But guess what? Their salvation and their future and their destiny, that's them and God. Trust God with it. You can't make that decision for them. What you can do is invest and do your part and say, God, I will do my part, faithfully doing my part. I trust you and I cast my cares upon you because you care for me and you care for them. So you're not carrying the weight and the burden of saying, oh, I'm miserable, I'm terrible, what's going to happen? I'm not good enough, I'll never be enough. And you're walking around so heavy burdened that you're no actually earthly good. And so he's giving us a way of doing that, that if we would count our cares on him, who's invested, engaged, and there for you, we can learn from him. What did Jesus do when he was on this earth? I think he lived a pretty stressful life. He wasn't stressed out, but we would classify it as a pretty busy and stress-filled life. People were always trying to kill him. Eventually they did. His friends were, you know, letting him down, hurting him. He was always on the go. Sometimes he wasn't sure where food was going to happen. All of a sudden, he's like, oh, he didn't get stressed out. But where do we always find Jesus doing? Praying. Before there was a moment, most times before you see a major miracle or even after a major miracle or moment, we see Jesus go and take a moment of solitude, and he would go and talk to his dad. Then he would go, and then he would go back. So instead of, we never saw Jesus stressed out. We never saw him filled with worry and anxiety. He could have, but guess why he didn't? Because instead of being stressed out and worried about that, he went back to his father and he says, I only do what my father tells me to do. I only say what he tells me to say. He was connected with the father, which gave him the direction of his life to go. It's not my will be done, but your will be done. And so we see this truth. And in that portion of text, in the final portion of that text around the verse 30 part, he says, and learn from me. He's challenging us that if you want to take his yoke, you need to learn from how Jesus lived his life. If we want to live a life as Jesus' followers, we should look like him, but we need to learn from him. And one of the ways was he wasn't filled with worry and anxious. He had some cares, but his cares were given to the Father, and he walked in the the fullness of who he was. So when we cast our cares, what is that promise? What's the good news? Because that's the hard news. What's the really good news this morning? That with the command, there's an attached promise. I like those. It's like if I work out, or if I stop eating the junk that I was eating. Should have seen the size of the fritter. It's like that. <laughs> Just like that. It was fantastic. You have to have at least one of those. But the fact of the matter is, is if if I stop eating the fritters and I start investing in some more hydration and maybe some walking, up to running. Guess what? There's a promise. I'm going to get healthier. There's a command and there's a promise. In this, we have a command. The command is that if we would cast our cares on him because he cares for us, that we will find rest. Jesus said that there'll be rest for your soul, that his yoke is light. Then we see Peter says, if you do this, this is what's going to happen. We see Paul say that, guess what, you will have a supernatural peace that will guard and protect your heart and your mind. I don't know about you, but I could use that in the moments where everything wants to come into my mind and my heart, saying, you're not enough, or what are you going to do about this, or how is this going to work? Now we can sit there and say, no, this peace is not fleeting. This peace is found in Jesus Christ, because when I give it to Him, I can trust that He's got it. There's a promise that your life doesn't have to be filled with worry and anxious thoughts. It doesn't have to feel like you're drowning. It doesn't have to feel like you're all tied up. It doesn't have to feel like those moments where you're a little bit nervous of what is going to happen inside that boat. You can say, even in the midst of trials, even in the midst of hardships, my assurance is there. Because guess where we find our peace? Guess where we find our rest? Jesus. The assurance... Of why we can cast our cares is not found in you, it's not found in me, it's not found in my wisdom, not found in your wisdom, not found in your capacity to lead, your capacity of skill sets, your your freedom, your rest. All of those are found in the assurance of Jesus Christ and what He did on the cross and the gift of the Holy Spirit. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. It doesn't say where the Spirit of the Lord is. You're filled with anxiety, worry. I'm not saying that those things aren't real. I'm not saying that sometimes we don't have to journey through those. But in those moments, we have to learn that I'm going to give those to God. Sometimes we have to come alongside professional help. Sometimes we have to go along that journey. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay, make sure you get that. There's nothing wrong with that. But first and foremost, we have to give those things to God. Because He's the one who made us. He's the one who knows us and then he does his part, and then we do our part as he leads, and he guides, and he directs us, okay? So if rest is assured, why is that? Because who he is? He never changes. God is always faithful. He's always God. He doesn't change. He's yesterday, today, and forever. So if he's the same one who was equipping, sustaining, and empowering the early church during persecution, don't you think he may do the same for us? That's why Jesus said, it's good that I go, I'm sending you the Holy Spirit, because now you have the equipper. Now you have the empower who guides and walks with you to make it so that you can cast your cares in this scary season because he's there with you and he cares for you. But last and last but not least, we got to get practical. So, so far we started with the problem, problem we all have. We got in the middle. In the middle was sort of figuring out, okay, what's the solution? How can I do this? It's scary, it's hard, but I'm going to trust God. Because if God is for me, who can be against me, I trust him on that. But now we have to work on the cast. We have to get a little bit practical. Because just like we were saying, when you're working on the cast, and you're out in the boat with the boys, or for me it was with the two boys, sometimes with Olivia we were out the other time. But we were out there. Each time gets a little bit better. I'm a little less nervous. The very first time I was saying this morning in our first service, the very first time I thought I was coming home with multiple piercings. It was scary because I hadn't taught them. I taught them a little bit in the backyard, but we got into the boat and one of the very first things that we saw one of my sons do is I had sort of told them, we're all in a boat, it's only 15 feet, it's a canoe, you can't get wild with the cast. Just give a little flick of the wrist and kind of sidearm it because they don't. And the one there says, but dad, this is what I did in the backyard. I'm down with my head, tying on somebody else's lure. And my head's down, and I realize that all of a sudden I feel this metal part of a treble hook sliding along my ankle. I'm in shorts, and now at this point it's quickly coming beyond the ankle. And so it's working its way, it's working its way back up, and before I know it, and as I said, a quick prayer, um, I didn't go with it, praise Jesus but it slid all the way up my shorts, up the life jacket, out the top rim of the hat, and back out into the water. I had to take a second and say, we're going to practice the cast. (laughs) This is how we can practically do it so we don't get hurt in the journey. Because other times when we just say, I'm just going to go and do it, sometimes we get hurt. There's some practical truths that we see in scripture here, That can help us along the journey so that we don't end up with any other piercings okay and we don't end up in the drink in this journey we see in this moment that peter paul and even jesus gives us some ideas of how we can live our lives and how we can work on our cast because it's not always going to be easy we're not going to have it all at the same time. It's not going to be like, yeah, I've got it all figured out. No, it's hard. It's hard. We're all filled with worry. We all have heavy burdens. We're going through real tough life stuff right now. Some in our church family are going through loss or through journey. It's hard. It's real. So in these moments, where we're working on the cast so that we can grow in strength in Jesus Christ. So the first thing we need to do, what Paul says, we need to pray about it. So the first practical step we can do on a daily basis is pray about it. Talk to God about it instead of worrying about it. Most of us will sit there and say, oh, I got all this going on, and we're telling everybody all the problems we've got, and I'm not saying not to talk to somebody, but the first thing we need to do instead of talking about it or instead of worrying about it, maybe pray about it like Paul said. Tell God about it. He's got big ears. He cares. So talk to him. I'm scared about my kids. I'm scared about their future. I'm scared about what they could run into. How are they going to live after godly life? How are they going to follow Jesus fully and fully committed and fully devoted after him so they're passionate followers of Jesus Christ, not just lukewarm, because we know that you'll spit them out of your mouth. I want them to be passionate followers of Jesus Christ. God, I don't know how that's going to happen. How is this going to go? What's going to happen? What friends are they going to have in those moments? I have to sit there and say, God, I'm telling you this, and then wait." And listen and trust him then when I pray about it believing that he hears me and he cares he's gonna help I was funny how sort of Instagram or those things hear what you're saying so I was talking to somebody about this topic somebody called me on my way home from vacation I had to put my earpiece in while we were driving and they're like I feel like I'm drowning and I'm like I've got a sermon for you let me practice and so we long in the short we joked and we talked about this but then after I talked about it, I got home and I'm waiting to go to sleep And this quote comes up on my Instagram. And it says, pray about it as much as you think about it. And it was by, I think, strength in verse or something. But it made me think, I I don't do that. I don't. I lay in bed and think, well, how are we going to make a difference in our community? How are we going to get some of the people that just I don't know if they passionately love Jesus in our community or in our church? How are we going to get them to just be committed followers of Jesus? How are we gonna see the next generation get off the sidelines and into the battle? How are we gonna see our community turned upside down? How are we gonna see our nation come to Jesus? How am I gonna see some of my lost family come to Jesus? And those things, those, those keep me up at night. And I'm not saying that they shouldn't consume and break your heart, but sometimes it moves beyond a compassion and a care to I feel hopeless. I feel like there's no hope like well, how are we ever do it we've tried everything we can do and in those moments I sat there and think did I fast and I pray about it did I really lean in and and actually say you know what I'm not gonna I'm not gonna have my uh, morning breakfast and instead, I'm gonna pray I'm gonna begin to intercede and get on my knees and say I'm praying for our students of our high school that isn't a small pocket that knows Jesus but instead we see revival go through our high school or elementary school but am I praying about that or am I just thinking about it and trying to come up with my own solution? Is he God or am I God? So in our lives, we have to take Paul's advice and pray about it more than we think about it. Number two, take captive every thought because how many know even when you cast your thoughts, you get back in the car, you get back in the canoe and you're like, oh no, here we go again. Ever had that? You come out of here and you're like, yes, I'm casting every one of my worries upon God, He cares for me, and then all of a sudden you get in the vehicle and you get a text and you're like, my life sucks and how am I going to do this again? And here it is, as we need to take captive, like 2 Corinthians 10.5 tells us, through the power of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, that when those negative and anxious thoughts and those heavy burden thoughts come in saying that you'll never make it, you're not enough, you're drowning, combat them with the Word of God, like we said a few weeks ago. Speak truth over that. Maybe you needed to sing that song again where it says, you know what? You're my father. You're my friend. You're my savior. You love me. You really love me. When you're like, nobody loves me and I'll never be able to do this. I'm not good. enough." Maybe you need to repeat and declare that truth. You really love me. So on the first part, when you're thinking about pray about, I forgot the active step, write down the things that are bothering you. In the morning, write them down. Or before you go to bed, write them down. If you have a running thought pattern, like a running uh, thought life like mine, when I go to go to bed, and I'm worried about all the day's things and I put my head on the pillow, one of the things is I write them down in my phone, and then I move my phone away. Because what I've done is I've talked to God about it, I write it down, say, I'm scared about this, I'm worried about this, I'm struggling with this. I write it down, I pray about it, talk to him about it, and then I put it away so it's like, you know what, God, that's yours. I'm going to sleep be practical with it, put it away, pray about it, leave it there, then when you see in 2 Corinthians 10, 5, combat those truths with the word of God, so if you have some truth where you're like, I'm always struggling that I'm not enough, sing, get down scripture and say, no, I am enough because I'm in Jesus Christ, I'm made right and righteous in him and through him, and so you can stand on that, you are God. And I believe that, and I trust that. So if you're good enough, I'm good enough, and we're going to make it through. You're victorious, so we're going to be victorious. The thing I'm worried about, guess what? You are going to find a way to victory because of what he does, not only what you do. So take captive every thought. Put them underneath the feet. Put it back to the pit where it belongs. Number three, remember that he cares and he's able. Some of us might need a sticky note or a voice memo that you play multiple times through the day. God cares about me. God cares about my kids. God cares about my family. God cares about my marriage. God cares about my future relationship. God cares about my occupation. God cares about my coworker. God cares about you, intimately cares about you, and he is more than abundantly able. So what you're freaking out about, he cares about. And he's able to solve that problem so we can trust him. So when we say, God, I trust you, you do what only you can do, and I will do what I've called to do, it changes. So when I'm worried about what the church is going to make or people in the church, the decisions they're making or what's happening in families, what's happening in our country, what's happening in all these different places, I can't always solve all those in the immediate. But you know what I can do? I can pray about them and I can give them to God. And when God lays it on my heart to do what he's asked me to do, I do my part. And when he's not telling me what to do, guess what I do? I go back to the last thing he told me to do, or I look to the word of God and say, what did you always tell me I'm supposed to do? So if I have no direction, I'm feeling lost, and I've given it to God, be faithful, be truthful, be gracious, be filled and abounding with love, be merciful, be filled with peace, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Walk in those fruits until he tells me what to do. If we keep doing our part and trusting Him with the rest, watch what God can do. The problem is sometimes we get in His way. Sometimes we're busybodies because we think we're God and we can only solve the problem. And I think sometimes He's shaking His head it's like if we would just get out of the way, this would have been solved. Just do what I've asked you to do. I'm God, you're not. Okay. There's a, there's a quote, I can't remember where it came from, but it said this, it wasn't mine. It says, remember, when you carry the care, you work, and God rests. When he carries the care, because you have cast it on him, he works, and you rest. And I was like, That's, there's some deep thought there. Instead of us carrying that heavy load, that heavy burden, if we go to Jesus, he takes the yoke. He takes the heavy burden, and he says, here, find rest. You're still working but find rest because I'm doing the heavy lifting. Last but not least, before we close, we got to give Him thanks. It's really, really hard to be filled with worry and anxious thoughts when we're giving Him praise. One of the reasons we do praise and worship, we talked about that a few weeks ago, one of the reasons why we praise is not only because God tells us to, but it shifts our focus. It shifts our focus and our heart posture, and it turns it from ours and our situation onto the one who is worthy the one who is deserving, the one who is able. And it reminds us of that truth that we give him thanks because he's worthy of it. When all of a sudden you remember of what he has done and that's what, that's what Paul said. Pray about it and give him thanks about what he has already done. So I'm going to challenge you this week to write five things down in the morning. Five things down in the morning. You got your list of all the things you're praying about, but write five things down in the morning or the night, preferably morning because then you live into it, of what you're thankful for. And you be like, Pastor, you don't know my life. I don't have five things. It can be as simple as, I woke up. Thank you for breath. You went, and you had a shower. Thank you for water. Start small. But then all of a sudden, you might say, Thank you for my family. It might not be what I want it to look like, but I've got one, and I'm walking through that. Thank you for some hope because a week ago I didn't have hope, but this week I got hope. Write those things down, and when those negative thoughts, when the anxious thoughts and the worry starts to come, I want you to declare those things. God, I thank you that I have breath today. God, I thank you that I still have my family. God, I thank you that even if I don't, I have eternity with you, and I know that they're in eternity with you, and I will see them again. And when we start to declare those thankfulness, it doesn't mean that our situation goes away. It doesn't mean that our circumstance doesn't still suck. But what it starts to mean is it changes our focus and we say, God, I trust you. God, you care about me and you will be victorious. And because you're victorious, I will be victorious because I'm your son or I'm your daughter. So when I give thanks, I remember that you're God and you are more than able and I get to partner with you that I can cast my cares on you because you really care about me. And I think we need to have that. And I think in the world around us, if we could be people who walk with peace, walk with rest, in a troubled day, I think people will say, "Well, they're really peculiar. Sort of sounds like what Peter said. That we'd be a peculiar people. But God has asked us to give, them, give us our cares give our worries, give our anxious thoughts. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to do some casting. You guys ready to cast? So let's pray. What I'm going to ask you to do, I'm going to challenge you. I challenged the first group this morning, I'm going to challenge you to do the same. We're a team. All different journeys, you don't have to partake, but we say we all have problems. We've all got worries, we've all got cares. What I'm going to challenge you to do is if you're around somebody, if you're not, then just you can pray by yourself or you extend a hand. But I'm going to challenge you, ask the person next to you and say, can I put my hand on your shoulder? Or can I pray for you? That when we pray together, we're going to pray, even if you're like, I don't know what else to pray, just come in agreement with what I'm going to pray. But we're going to pray that God would work in us and work through us, that we would be people who don't walk with worry or anxious thoughts or fret, but instead we would be people who walk with hope. Walk with courage. Walk with His love, because we know that our God is abundantly able to do more than we ever dreamed or imagined. That we would walk different in our schools, that we would walk different in our workplace, we walk different in our community, because we had casted our cares upon a God who cares for us, and we are protected and guarded by our supernatural peace that goes beyond every one of our expectations or imaginations. Because our God is faithful and He is true and He is good. And I believe when we come together as a body, that's why we come together. We can encourage and lift one another up into the truth that. In the tough seasons we can sit there and say he cares about you and i care about you and there is hope for your situation there is hope for your life there is hope for your future and as we walk together i believe it's going to start to shine like a bright light in a dark world that people would say there's something different about you and we can say it's jesus so let's pray together okay that's good I just sort of believe it a little bit how many are okay with this because i'm challenging on a little bit remember i was on vacation I've gone a little bit over my time. But here's the thing. I really believe that the harvest is ready. I really do. But we got to get our act right. we got to get serious about this. And it can't just be, well, I've heard the message and I'm going to move on. There has to be some life change. There should be some excitement. I know my life. You don't know my life. I struggled with worry. It ran through my family. I calculated every one of my grades. It left me so they were worried I was going to have ulcers as a young boy because I ran with that worry inside of my life that I was always worried about what's going to happen, where's it going to come from. I could keep it all packaged here, but I was even when I was playing sports, I'm like, what happens if I do this? What happens if I do that? I realized that an older gentleman when one of my churches growing up, he came aside. He was one of the staff members. He was actually the lead pastor, Pastor Leach. And as a young boy, he sat there and he says, you know what? Cast your cares upon him. I remember in the foyer as he told me this, he says, cast your cares upon him. And I've been doing that since those days, in the seasons where I wasn't sure I was going to make it. And I felt all tangled up in all this mess. I had to keep going back to this verse. Cast your cares upon him because he cares about you. Our world needs to know that he cares about them. That he loves them. That he's invested in their lives, that he cares about their situation. No matter if you agree with what they're doing or where they're going, he loves and he cares about them, but they need to see something different in us that sits there and shines like a beacon in a dark world. But right now, if we're so consumed with all this or consumed with our own life, instead of worrying about this, what difference are we making? Church, the harvest is ready, the harvest is ripe. It's time that we come alive. Fan into flame. That's our prayer. And it starts with casting our care upon Him because He cares for us. And I believe if we start to do this, oh man, watch out. Watch out what God is going to do in our high school, in our elementary school, in our community, in our families. Because our God is abundantly able. So let's pray together. Dear Lord, we thank You so much for who You are. God, You are such a good God. Lord, we thank You that You are the one who commands us you actually call us to throw our cares, to throw our heavy weights, to throw our burdens, to throw our situations and circumstances that cause worry and anxiety, not to hold on to, them, but to throw them onto you. God, you are such a good God. You are such a gracious God. Nobody else would say, Here, give me all your problems, but that's what you say. Because you are more than abundantly able to carry every one of those. And not only to carry them, but to bring change and life change and transformation to them. So Lord, this morning, whatever we carried in today that we were worrying about, whatever we carried in today that was a heavy burden upon our heart and upon our mind, we give it to you, God, and we believe that you can change it, you can transform it, and you can make it new. So Lord, we trust you. We believe that you are able and that you are willing and that you are invested in our lives. So we give our cares to you because you care for us. Holy Spirit, begin to change and renew us from our mind to our spirit that we would walk like we are ones who are actually walking in freedom. Like it says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Let us walk with freedom out of this place today because we know the one who can carry it is carrying our problems so we can walk with freedom and we can walk on mission. So Holy Spirit, as we leave here, today. Empower us, guide us, and lead us. Make a change in our lives so we can bring a change through our lives. God, we love you and we thank you. We can't say it enough, but we're sure going to try. We ask all of this